the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As humanity goes, we are in desperate need of salvation. And the way that we understand that is through God's tender mercy in giving us the law. We're looking at the sweet compliance of the law and the gospel coming up next. And again, welcome. This is Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose and online at reformedheritage.org, where you'll find a great backlog of wonderful messages from Pastor Gary and guest pastors throughout the years. Today, we turn our attention once again to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 7 through 11, the sweet compliance of the law and the gospel. Properly understanding the law and obeying it, that it drives us to the gospel. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner with today's Abounding Grace. Galatians chapter 3, verse 22. But the scripture has shut everyone under, has shut up everyone under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to faith, which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we're no longer under a tutor. Now, those verses are often used by those who don't appreciate the law of God to say, Well, Christians don't have to obey the law of God anymore because there it says in verse 25 that when faith in Christ comes, we're no longer under a tutor and the law is our tutor. So that's the same thing as saying when you believe in Christ, you are no longer under obligation to the law of God, except that's not what it says. It says, first of all, that the law of God's purpose is to close every door to salvation. And that is to teach us that there is absolutely no way out of this dangerous condition we're in except through Christ. And then after shutting up every opportunity and every other way to salvation, the law of God is a tutor that leads us to Christ. Now let's talk about this tutor. It's not talking about a teacher in the Greek. And it is a bit hard to translate into English because we don't have this word in English. But when we think tutor, don't we normally think teacher? But the word tutor does not mean teacher in Greek. The Greek word for tutor was the slave who had the responsibility of getting the child from the front door of the house to the front door of the school. And that tutor could be as harsh and as strong-handed as he needed to be to get him 
the person to the school. That is what the word tutor means in Greek. And the Bible says that one of the functions of God's law is to act as a slave master. That it is responsible to drive us to the door of the schoolhouse where the teacher, the Lord Jesus Christ, teaches and gives us salvation by grace through faith alone. The tutor doesn't teach. The tutor beats you and whips you and drives you and convicts you of your sin and makes you miserable in your sin and makes your heart burn because you're evil because of your evil ways and because of your standing before Almighty God. So that everything in you wants to get into that schoolroom and be taught by Jesus. That is what the law does. The law of God drives someone. It doesn't take a sinner gently by the hand and sweetly take him to Christ. It drives him to Christ. It drives him out of his sin and makes him realize just how treacherous, evil, heinous, wicked, dangerous his life of rebellion against God is. And that he has absolutely no hope to keep from being separated from God except by the teacher in the schoolroom. Now, one of the reasons evangelism is such a failure in the modern world, and what I mean by failure is that so many people who seem to be evangelized and seem to have put their faith in Jesus Christ, why such a high percentage of them fall by the wayside and don't carry their Christian life very far? Well, in my opinion, it is because they don't have a Christian life to begin with. And the law of God does not drive you to Christ by saying, if you're lonely, come to Jesus. If you're depressed, just come to Jesus. If no one likes you and you just want to eat mud, come to Jesus. If you are oppressed by your boss, come to Jesus. If you're oppressed by white people or by the rich, come to Jesus. That's not what the law does. The law of God says, I'm going to bring you to Jesus to believe in him because you are damned in your sin and you're going to hell if you don't come. Because there's nothing good in you, nothing whatsoever. And you deserve God's eternal punishment. And I have shut up all other ways to salvation. The law of God is not going to do you any good here. Your only hope is Jesus because the Lord Jesus Christ lived out the law of God perfectly in his life. And he took the full punishment for sin required by the law in his death. So there's no one else who can save you, beloved. Because he alone met the two requirements that have to be met before you can be saved. Before you can be saved, your sin, from your sin, you have to give God a life that is 100% perfect. Has anyone in here done that? How did that actually make you feel when you first heard that? God says you can't be his child and you can't be saved unless you can offer him an absolutely sinless life. 
the first time you hear that, it normally makes most of us feel hopeless. You were beaten before you began because your mother conceived you in sin. You were a sinner in your mother's womb, so you were a sinner before you started. And the smallest infraction, it says, sends you to hell. But God says, I've given you my son. He lived 33 years on earth. And God's son offered God a perfectly sinless life as your substitute in your place. So when you stand before God one day and he asks you, why should I let you into my heaven? Give me a sinless life. Then you'll say, I offer you Jesus in my place, Lord. And the second thing is, all of your sins have to be punished. God never lets one sin go unpunished. All of your sins have to be punished if you're going to go to heaven. Do you know how long it would take you or me to be punished for all of our sins? For all eternity. But Jesus died on a cross as our substitute. And he took the full penalty that God's law requires for all of his people. So when you stand before God and he says, you want to come into my house, do you? Have your sins been punished? Yes, sir. They were punished in Jesus. And that's why there's no way out. You have to offer God a perfect life, and all of your sins have to be punished. And the only person in the entire history of the world to ever do that is Jesus. And there is no other way to get to God. There is no other way to escape your condemned condition. It is only by casting yourself upon the mercy of Christ and resting upon him alone for salvation. And that is why the Holy Spirit can be so hard on you, friends. And that's why the Holy Spirit can crush you and can make you feel like you have a heavy burden on your back. It's because of your sin. In fact, you do have a heavy burden on your back. And that burden has to be lifted. And the person who makes you feel the weight of that burden is the Holy Spirit of God using God's law, showing you don't compare yourself to other people. I mean, you're pretty good with reference to some other people. You're not a homosexual. You're not an abortionist. But God doesn't want you to compare yourself to other people. He wants you to compare yourself to the law of God and see where you get. Have you ever lied? Well, yeah, but I'm basically a good person. Have you ever stolen anything like a quarter out of your mother's purse? Yeah. Have you ever had thoughts about your parents or one of your siblings that are bad? Yeah, I have to say I have. Have you used language you shouldn't use? Uh, yes, sir, I have. Do you attend church every Sunday and keep Sunday as it is supposed to be kept? Uh, not every Sunday. Have you ever worshipped anything or loved anything more than you loved God? I'm afraid I have. And you say you are a good person? You just admitted you're a liar, a thief, an adulterer, a murderer, and a blasphemer, and all other kinds of things. There is nothing good about you. And that 
is what the law of God does. And that is why in evangelism today, it is such a failure. Because everyone is in such a hurry to tell people about Jesus, which is understandable. But they bypass the work of the law, driving people to Christ, and showing people the real reason why they should come to Christ. One old Puritan defined the law of God as, the law is the sharp needle that rips and tears through the cloth, pulling the scarlet thread of the gospel. Have you ever tried, ladies, to sew without a needle? Just trying to force that thread into the cloth? Of course, it doesn't work. So you praise God for the needle. For that's what the law of God does. It rips and it tears and it cuts and it condemns and it convicts and it makes you feel rotten. So there's no need to go to a psychiatrist for healing. Don't go to a bottle of alcohol or to drugs to get rid of that feeling that the Holy Spirit puts upon you. That is the Holy Spirit causing the law of God to have its effect in your life as you compare yourself to it, driving you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you been driven to Christ? Or when you became a Christian, whether it was recently or in year, years and years ago, just simply so you could find the person of your dreams? Or so you might become successful? Or that being around good people that might rub off on you? If you receive Christ just because of what you get out of Him, you will go to hell. You must believe in Jesus because of who He is. And you want Him more than anything else in the world. And you know you're not going to have Him unless God saves you and brings you into a right relationship with Him. And it is the law of God that points that out to you. But do you know where the law of God is the most greatly displayed in all of his supremacy? The old Puritans had this phrase, the law is in the cross. That Jesus didn't die on the cross to do away with the law of God, or he wouldn't have had to die on the cross. He could have just said so much for the law of God. But Jesus submitted himself entirely to it, and so respected the law of God that he was willing to be punished for every infraction against it. So when you consider the law of God and you consider his law in the cross, this is what it should do to you. It should break you. I'll never forget I heard a liberal Presbyterian preacher one time say, when you come to God, come with your head held high. Beloved if you come before God with your head held high, you will go to hell when you die. You are to come to God and say, nothing in my hands I bring. I bow before you in my embarrassment because I have no righteousness of my own. God, be merciful to me, a wretched sinner. So this verse is often used, as I said, by antinomians, people who are against the law of God to say, now Christians don't have to obey it because in verse 25 it says, now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor, and the tutor is the law of God. But the tutor is one of the functions of God's law. Not all of the functions, 
And it is not saying that now you have faith. The law of God has no place in your life. He is just saying that now that the law has driven you to Christ, it no longer has that role in your life. But it does have other roles. And another role, and a very important role, is that it guides the sanctification of the Christian. In other words, it guides the Christian life. So I'd like you to turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 36. Here you have an explanation of what happens uh, when a person is born again. What happens in regeneration when God makes you a Christian? In Ezekiel 36, it says in verse 25 and following. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. So how do you know you have the Holy Spirit in your life? The Bible says when you believe in Christ, you're born again, and you have the Holy Spirit in your life. Well, how do you know it? Do you just kind of feel warm and fuzzy on the inside? Well, you can have that from just eating a good meal, right? You know you have the Holy Spirit in you because he causes you to walk in God's statutes so that you will be careful to observe God's ordinances. So the law of God in the Christian's life is that path along which he is to walk. The law of God drove you to Christ, Christ saved you. Having saved you, Christ picks up the law and he hands it to you. And he says, this law didn't save you. I did. But now I want you to take my law and it will show you how to live as a Christian. So the two big focal points of the Christian life are the law of God and the Spirit of God. We are filled with the Holy Spirit so we can obey God's law. Of course, never perfectly in this life. But do you know the longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119? Go home this afternoon and and read it. It won't take you long. The theme of this longest chapter in the book, which is 176 verses, is, Oh, how I love God's law. It is my delight day and night. Can you say that? The longest chapter in the Bible is praising God's law. It is a saved man who's saying this. He recognized that he was saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. And now he is saved. Christ has given him his spirit so that he will be able to obey the law of God. Turn now to Romans 8, 1 through 4. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ, for the law or power of the Holy Spirit of life in Jesus Christ has set you free from the law or power of sin and death. For what the law, that is, biblical law, could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, 
sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that or in order that a statement of purpose. So why did the Holy Spirit set us free from the power of sin and death? Why did the Lord Jesus Christ sacrifice himself for our sins? The text again. In order that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled, not for us, but in us. And what is the requirement of the law of God? It is obedience. That the requirement of the law of God might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So he has given us the Holy Spirit. He has saved us from our sins so that we will have the power from within us to obey the law of God. So we see here is another of the great functions of the law of God. It is to guide your life as a Christian. And if a Christian doesn't love the law of God, he doesn't love Christ. And nor does he love God who revealed himself in that law. And if he doesn't love the law of God and seek to obey it, he is being like Adam and Eve who tried to set the boundaries of their own lives and walk their own way and do what was right in their own eyes. And you know where that got them. The only Christians there are, beloved, are obedient Christians, law-loving Christians. None of us are perfect not, none of us love God's law as we should. But we do love the law of God. And that is why it's important to read the law. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the Sermon on the Mount, and other places in the New Testament. To make sure that we're not omitting anything in God's law. We're not to obey God's law in some broad, ambiguous stroke. Obedience is specific obedience. Let's say I go on a trip. And I have $1,000 in gold coins that I didn't want to leave in my own house. So I give these coins to you. And I ask you to please watch over them and keep them for me until I get back in a couple of weeks. So I come back. And I come to you to get my gold coins back, $1,000 worth. And you say, well, here's $850 worth. I say, but I gave you $1,000 worth, and you're just giving me back $850? And you say, oh, that's not, let's not be legalistic. Let's, let's not be so detailed. I mean, I gave back $850, so let's not be so legalistic and worry about specific numbers. Would that satisfy you? Would you say to that person, it's okay, that makes sense to me? Well, it doesn't make sense to God, and I'm sure it doesn't to you either. Well, God, I, I did it in broad strokes. God says, I want perfect obedience. You'll never give me perfect obedience in this life, but I want you to try. So, beloved, read God's law. But then sometimes it is better to spend time in the gospel. When you're trying to obey God's law and you realize you seem to be falling back quicker than you're going ahead, that's when you need motivation. 
That's when you need strength. That's when you need encouragement. And at those times, you quit reading the law of God and read about Christ's saving work. I, I tell people who want to know about the law of God to read Rush Dooney's The Institutes of Biblical Law commentary on most of the laws in the Bible. And then when they start to feel really guilty and they say, this is just beyond me, then I say, well, maybe you should stop reading Rush for a while. Read someone like Martin Lloyd-Jones. Read a book on the gospel. Let that gospel encourage you. But remember, in the Christian life, the function of the law of God is to guide your life. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. That's four zero eight eight six six five six zero seven. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB. That stands for Post Mailbox Number four zero two fourteen eighty four Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is nine five zero three two. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.